It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Bowl was super, I thought. Tigers got their revenge. We'll talk with Jason Munns. Otherwise, Zach and I will do medals. We got lots of stuff to do with you on this radio show this morning. Hope you had a good day. Uh, most of you, I'm sure, went to the A Super Bowl party. We talked about this before. I really believe there should be a holiday on Monday. should be a national recovery day from the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl for me was uh, uh, terrific. Not, not just because the way it ended with Mahomes just willing his team to win. And we'll get to all of that in medals. And in the last segment of the program, we'll really sort of uh, look things over. But I like... Games where every snap means something. And in this particular matchup, just about every time a team took a snap, they were within a possession of scoring. Now, there was the 10 nothing part, which, give Kansas City credit, they came back from that. But every snap had a lot of meaning. And we always... Forget about special teams, but special teams played a role in this. You have a missed extra point, which changed the way the game played out. Not saying it would have totally changed the outcome. People are going to go, well, they missed the extra point. They would have won it in regulation. Not necessarily, because Kansas City would have played differently than they did. But you're talking about eight points here, because you fumbled a punt that ended up being a touchdown, and you missed the extra point. So there's eight points involved in special team miscues. Both these kickers, whew, my gosh, they're getting a medal for me in a little bit. So I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Zach Boyd, your sense, did you enjoy this thing? Because legacies were made. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a really good Super Bowl. I wouldn't say it's like the best, like it will be remembered as – one of you know it's only the second Super Bowl ever to go to overtime, so yeah, get some recognition for that. But I guess I guess from a game standpoint, because things didn't get tightened, things things didn't start tightening up until the fourth quarter, or until the third, like halfway into the third into the fourth quarter. Then it was like, okay, like this is this 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 is serious. Not to say that it hasn't been serious before, but this this is really serious. Well, you you just think about it like this, Patrick Mahomes' team. We're down 10. They had to come back from that. They had to have points on their final drive in regulation so they get a field goal to send the game into overtime. Then they fall behind by three in the overtime and march down the field and get the winning touchdown. And that's that's the kind of stuff that will spark the conversation that you're the greatest of all time. Now, he's only got three, and Tom's got seven, right? Yeah. Six with the Patriots and one with the Bucks. Yeah. That's going to be hard to catch. That's saying he can't do it because that Kansas City team is young. Boy, did he say the right things yesterday. He goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a big parade. And then we got a lot more to do. And the, the D word, because now you've been to four Super Bowls, right? And you've won three of them. In the last, what is it, five or six years? Is that dynasty? I think it is dynasty. I think Andy Reid has himself a dynasty in Kansas City. He's not going anywhere. The weirdest thing nobody really wants to talk about was the Travis Kelsey bump of Andy Reid. And, of course, they're they're laughing it off, but that's a weird situation there. Kelsey's a weird guy. If you listen to his podcast with his brother have you ever heard it i heard a little bit he's a smart guy he's an endearing smart guy that's probably why taylor swift likes him but <laughs> the way he acts 
with these post-game celebrations, he just is a buffoon. I don't get that. But I know he's really joyous and happy while it comes, and it's, it's an earthy thing. Uh, I don't think he's being a phony about it. But it's kind of crazy because it does not seem like the guy that you watch or listen to on that podcast or in interviews where he's he's thoughtful. Um, are you one of those people that just hates watching Taylor Swift in these things? I I don't get that hatred. No, I, I don't. I ain't got an issue with it. I don't either. I don't have an issue because I mean, if if it was any other celebrity that somebody likes, they would probably want them around as much. So. It is what it is. It's the game of football. You're gonna get you're gonna get the celebrities out at these games anyway. So yeah, what's the difference with Taylor Swift? I mean, I I, I thought it was a lot of fun. We'll we'll get in later. Maybe your favorite commercial because I definitely have one that I thought was really good. I really enjoyed. Uh, in in the meantime, uh, let me tell you that we are in the Family Leisure Studio, and I think this floor model sale is going on. I'm going to talk to Lindsay and to Billy and see how much longer this is going on. But you've got that floor model sale where patio pieces, their sets, are all priced to move. You can get the pool tables under $1,500, some of them, if they're on the floor. And believe me, they're perfect. Theater sitting under two grand. that stuff is state-of-the-art. They got the hot tubs, the four-person hot tub, which is incredible, $5,000. It's amazing. All you got to do is get to I-40 and Wooden Road, go to the north, look to your right, and about a half a mile, you'll see the palace. It's laid out so beautifully with all those floor models on sale at family leisure and you know our title sponsor it is genesis genesis of olive branch where they've got the gv70 and the gv80 beautiful cars suvs suvs with a sedan ride because that's what happens with genesis luxury and all the toys I mean, every new technology, every bell and whistle, it's in the SUV, the GV70, the smaller, and the 80, the larger. And there is a very nice incentive on financing. Go see Vinny. Vinny Gerard, the crazy Canadian who's over the Genesis cars, right there at Craft Road and Highway 78. Go see Vinny. Tell him we sent you. And check out the Genesis SUVs at Genesis of Olive Branch. All right. We do a thing. I got plenty of these. We call them precious metals. All right. I'm going to start off with one. It's the only non-sports one that I have done in a long time. But Saturday night, I went to the Broadway touring production of Les Mis, Les Miserables. I am a Les Mis freak. People don't know that, but it's my favorite all-time Broadway play. I have seen it double digits of times. This one, this touring group, this was one of the best productions I have ever seen. And I will say, the lead character, Jean Valjean, the, the gentleman that played Jean Valjean, he was fantastic. He might have been the best Jean Valjean I had ever seen. It was a great production. So they get a bronze medal from me. Uh, my other bronze medal would be Nick Taylor, the Canadian who won his fourth PGA Tour event. He started the week on Thursday in Phoenix shooting a 60. Then he was down Three shots with four holes to go. He is playing Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman, who is 47 years of age. The odds of Charlie Hoffman going into this event to win it were 500 to 1. I must confess, I would be pulling for Charlie Hoffman. I've always liked him. He's a real veteran of the tour. Seems to be a nice guy. But he's getting old. I mean, his time is rapidly passing with all these youngsters that are playing so darn well. And he didn't lose this. Nick Taylor won it because he just kept birdieing holes. And they went to the playoff. And Nick Taylor was the winner. Had Hoffman won it, he would have been the oldest guy since Phil Mickelson won the PGA at 50 in 2021. It's a good story. I hope Charlie Hoffman continues to play well. But here's Nick Taylor. His fourth PGA Tour W. Uh, my silver 
First one, I've got two. Goes to the Tigers. We'll be talking about this with Jason Munns in a little bit. Two areas of concern during their little four-game midseason slump when they lost four in a row and to bad teams like Rice and blowing a 20-point lead in the second half at home to USF. People wondered about their defense. They were not sharing the ball either. Penny's got a goal of 20 assists a game. They had only assisted. They averaged 13 and a half assists a game. They only assisted on 48% of their buckets. Not yesterday. So yesterday in the first half, they held Tulane, the highest scoring team in the American Athletic Conference. They held them to 27% shooting and 29 points. That's it. And then when it came to passing, the Tigers had 21 assists on 29 field goals made. That, my friends, is outstanding. It would tell you, and we'll talk with Munzee about this, the Tigers are returning to their form when they had that great non-conference record, I think. And I think it gives them a chance. It keeps the hopes alive that you could still secure an automatic qualifier into the NCAA without having to win the American tournament. Uh, My other silver, it's the two, it's the kickers. Kansas City kicker Harrison Bucker, who now holds the record for the longest field goal ever made, 57 yards in a Super Bowl. Now, did you see that kick? It was like a low-line drive that went 57 yards. It almost looked like it got deflected. Yeah. Because it, uh, it was a high snap, and the holder had to put it down quick. Right. And and he still kicks it 57 yards. It's a low-line drive, so it almost got blocked. Here's the thing for me. I promise you that would have gone another 10 yards. Even though you it was a low-line so? drive, I think that thing would have gone 67. I really do. There, there's going to be a time. Somebody is going to kick in a dome on perfect conditions. Craziness. They're going to kick a 70-yarder. I remember when Dempsey, what, the 63-yarder broke all the records and it was it held forever. The New Orleans kicker with the sort of like the amputated toe. It had that square foot. Um, they're going to kick 70 one of these days. Because they, they were saying Butker in practice, who I think is the strongest leg in the game right now, he was kicking them from 70 basically, in pregame warm-ups. It's going to happen sooner or later. But, man, he was terrific. So he gets one. The other goes to Jake Moody, who's the young kicker for San Francisco. So he held the record for a minute because he kicked the first field goal that made it 3-0. It was a 55-yarder. And then he hit, he's the first guy ever to kick two 50-yarders in a single game. So he gets... My second silver medal, and then my gold medal, I only give one. It's to Patrick Mahomes. He's now won three Super Bowl MVPs, and he deserved it because he willed his team to victory. I talked about the comebacks. That is just amazing. He was 34 of 46, 330 yards, 333 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw the one pick, which, by the way, just overthrew the guy. That's the first pick, I think, for him. In postseason play this year? I believe that's right. I think it was the first time in seven games. I think it might only be his second pick ever in postseason play. And basically, he was on the run, and he just overthrew Travis Kelsey. Yeah, because looking at it, it was just weird how it came off his hands. Yeah. I was like, why would he throw it in a triple yeah. coverage like that? Uh, and then he also had nine carries for 66 yards, of which two came for first downs in drives that were critical to staying in the game. So you take a look at that, it's pretty much 400 total yards and an unbelievable desire to be competitive and to win the game. I just, Mahomes blew me away. He gets the gold medal. Your your positive medals? Yeah, I got a lot of them today. Uh, Let's start with the bronze here. Uh, So Technically, it's, it has already started, but now that football season is over with, basketball season has officially started again. <laughs> yes. Now it's nothing but college basketball, the NBA pushing all the way into the summer months. I mean, you got... Don't don't fear, because you, you've only got about four weeks before the UFL begins. Exactly. And the Memphis Showboats <laughs> kick it off. 
but you know, for a lot of people, typically this is this is when they catch up on a lot of their, on, on a lot of the basketball things that's happening. So, for a lot of people, this is officially basketball season now. Uh, upsets in college basketball. There's a, there was a lot of them. Another, another handful of upsets. Gonzaga knocking off Kentucky. I, I don't know what's wrong with Kentucky. They don't play any defense at Kentucky because that's not a good Gonzaga team that went to Lexington and beat them. Yeah, then you're talking about a, a Florida team taking, you know, knocking off Auburn. Like, a bit, ooh, no, man. I like, mean, it's, that big. It's 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 going to be a fun March round oh, yeah. tournament time. It's going right, to be crazy. It re- it really is. I agree with that. Uh, my other bronze. I have three bronze. So my my last bronze. I'm giving that to to Jonathan Pierre, and the only reason why I'm giving that to him is because it just seems like. It just seems like ever since the uh, was it the rice the what 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 I can't remember when their first uh, the first win of Wichita Wichita ever since Wichita it almost seems like he he flipped a switch it's like he like early in the year you you kind of you know you saw him playing kind of hesitant trying to find his footing now you kind of see him on the court. He's been productive. He knocked down those two big threes late in the game against Temple. You saw him in the last game against Tulane being disruptive and being a positive on the floor. I mean, I mean, it helps having another 6'9", 6'8", uh, versatile guy on the floor Athletic. on this team. Yeah, no doubt. Great. Um, silver medals. I only have one, and I'm giving that to the Tigers. Three-game winning streak. There you go. Seems like some positivity. A revenge there. game you got. You said what? A revenge game. Revenge game. So yeah, they, definitely they, revenge they game. Got, they got another one coming up with UAB, last regular season game. You realize there's only three home games left? I know. This is weird, Dave. It's Goes weird. fast. Goes fast. It's weird. Uh, and then my goals. I have two. I give them one to the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. And then my other goal uh, goes to the halftime show, and that's Usher. Because he was great. I loved it. I was singing every every word of every song. You can't. I mean, it was just great. Too many hits, no skips. Uh, the thing that most impressed me about Usher, and I, I like Usher. I, th- I think his music is fine. It's just not my generation doesn't really do it for me. I did recognize one song. People were humming where I was uh, over over the one song. The thing that most impressed me was his ability to roller skate. And how quickly he got those skates on and got those skates off. How did he do that? It's called teamwork. He, he, he must have had, like, those shoes that he had on, they had to fit into the skates. It's the only way he could have done that. Well, that was incredible. It's called teamwork. Does he have... He's a he's a Vegas resident right now. That's, isn't that what he does? That's, that's uh, his main he's thing. His, he's finished with his residency. Now he's, okay. he's, uh, he's about to go on, on a... World tour? A countrywide tour yeah. here. So, but I have to believe that during his Vegas residency, he did skating. Oh, yeah. He was skating every, every night. Okay, because that was amazing. Not everybody can skate like that. No. Roller skate's not a, that, that no. easy. I did, and, and, I made, and I said, I told Greg and Eli this a few months ago. I said, if he's not skating in the Super Bowl, he, I don't want it. He got to start over from the beginning and find a way to throw some skates on. Well, he did it. I was impressed. No, no doubt about that. All right. Rusts. I'm going to start off with the Phoenix Open patrons. So we've made the 16th hole, the par three, this theater of overindulgence. And that's the truth. They basically encourage people to get drunk and they can scream if it's a good shot and they can chide. They can make fun of you. They can boo you if you hit a bad shot. They got over-exuberant. They started cutting off beer sales earlier. They've stopped allowing as many people in. It still did not stop the boorish behavior. The Phoenix Open patrons this year were unruly. Four or five players got into shouting altercations with fans because they were so rude and because they spoke or yelled during swings. They got to cut it down. The greatest party on grass or whatever they call that thing, it's got to be toned down because it has gotten way out of control. A rust to the Phoenix Open patrons. And finally, a rust rust for Vegas. 
Vegas, which is very rarely losing, often, most of the time, incredibly accurate with the way they set lines, which, by the way, people might get confused. The lines are made to attract you to bet. That's why they are set the way they are set. And usually they're right on the money, right? They entice you in, and they're pretty much on the money. Yesterday, they lost overtime. That was an 11-to-1 play, and many people took it. Uh, they lost the overtime category. They lost Kansas City because San Francisco was the favorite by a game, a point and a half. They lost the over at the end because of the overtime. The over made it. All these were winners by the public betting and so the losers in this one getting a rust for the first time ever, Las Vegas. Your rusts? My rust, and it's and it, it might it might be a tribute to the overall theater itself. But a five-hour football game is a long time. Well, overtime and and the, how long did they allow for the halftime? That that halftime. Because they give you, first of all, they got to set everything up, right? Yeah. And th- this is where people get to go eat or whatever, but, but it's also where they cash in on a lot of spots. I don't know how many commercials ran between the end of the second quarter and the beginning of Usher, but it had to be seven minutes. It had to. It's, it yeah. was, it, I mean. And then the show itself, how long, did, how long was he on? 20 minutes? No, they well they give they give everybody fifteen. It's just fifteen minutes a show. It seemed longer to me. Yeah, I thought thought it was fifteen. Everybody gets fifteen. But then between the two commercials, I'm I'm sure that halftime is a half hour. Yeah. Between so, and like that's and like I don't get me wrong. Like I think I, I think I think there there's a way of cutting it in, getting some more commercials in, because I know a lot of people, a lot of the companies have have factor have put in their money to, to to put that commercial in, but. Man, five five hour football game. I, yeah. At one at one point, I was looking at my my watch. And I was like, "It's like wait, it's only it's nine something." Like it's like we just, like game the game started at five thirty. I know. So that I think I think that, that's my only rust. But I mean, I can't really be mad at it because of how the result played out. But I don't know. Do you, do you know how the halftime extravaganzas began and why they began? I just read the story. I, I I think it's really interesting. I know Michael was the first. Michael Jackson was the first. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember that? Could look look that up. Uh, what that year was? I think that was in the no the ninety. Whenever it was, 91? the year before Michael Jackson appeared as the first Super Bowl extravaganza guy. Fox. I think it was Fox. It was a competing network of the Super Bowl. Some very smart musical entrepreneur and, pr- and producer said, let's have a huge concert when the halftime starts. So they put it on a rival network, and I can't remember who the talent was on that, but the Super Bowl gets these incredible, obviously, it's the highest rated program every year and has been for the last, what is this, 58, probably 55 years. Okay. The year that they did that extravaganza, a musical concert to start right around the halftime of the uh, of the Super Bowl, they drew away a, a tremendous portion of people for that time slot. Now they came back at the end, but they missed out on a lot of that that advertising. And the NFL thought, oh my goodness. We're never going to let that happen again. So they do this concert, and they paid. Back when that year was, they paid the extraordinary fee to Michael Jackson $2.5 million to make sure nobody ever left the Super Bowl broadcast. What year was that? That was 93. 93. So in 1992, another network stole... Away audience with a, a musical concert, and the NFL said never again. And now you know <laughs> the rest of the story. Munzee on Tiger basketball in just a minute. I'll let you know. This portion of the show brought to you by the Spirit Shop. Yes, I did. I loaded up 
at the Spirit Shop for all my friends who were coming to watch the Super Bowl. And Eddie Connor, again, with wisdom, took care of me. He selected the Sauvignon Blanc. He gave me a nice Cabernet. He told me about which was the best deal on a vodka that everybody would enjoy up and coming. Telling you, he's got everything, he's got the knowledge, and he's so conveniently located right there at the corner of Poplar and St. Nick. 4848 Poplar, to be exact. Right down from Clark Towers, that little log cabin, you've passed it by a million times, been there since 69, and all they do is make sure you know about the best spirits that are going at the best prices with the best service, and you get an education. Tell Eddie we sent you. Ask him anything you want to know. They got the answers at the spirit shop. Does Munzee, the beat writer from the Commercial Appeal, have all the answers to the Tigers? Yes, he does, and he is next. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Oh, man, yeah. Our man Munzee got famous. He's the beat writer for the commercial appeal. If anything happens on that Memphis team, Jason Munz knows what's going on. Tigers get revenge yesterday. We get into that in a second. But I got to ask you, did you watch the Super Bowl? What did you think? And if you did, what was your favorite commercial? Good morning, Willow. Yes, I did. I, I didn't watch all the Super Bowl. I watched from about the second quarter on. That's about the time I got back home. Uh, that's when it got uh, good. Yeah, I would say. Uh, that's when it got, that's when the interest uh, started uh, in, to increase from what I understand, but I, I'm, I don't know. I might be a weirdo. My, uh, my, the, my, the, the commercial that I found to be the most memorable was there was, it was early on and it was like a soda commercial. Um, that was, it was advertising. Like it's like all the, it's like, it's some new soda. Like copy or something like that. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, you know, uh, not as bad for you, soda. Um, it's but, supposed uh, to revolutionize soft drinks, is that right? Yeah, something like that. And um, it was, uh, it was, it had nothing to do with the product or anything about the commercial other than the song that was playing. Uh, they, they used a, uh, the instrumental version of a song by a band called Yaz from the 80s or Yazoo. And uh, the song is called Only You, and it's one of my all time favorite songs. And so, for that reason, I had to I had ah. to go with had to go with that one. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I I, uh, I didn't like the game. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I I you don't. Didn't I don't like a game where every snap meant something. When no. You saw uh, a guy with incredible legacy who's trying to become the greatest of all time bring nope. his team from behind two times and win his third nope. MVP? Are you nope. crazy? You're a basketball nope. guy. I get, no, I don't know if it's that. I just, and, and, and I might be uh, uh, being a little bit dramatic. I may, I may be up in the dramatics here, but a little bit for, for effect. But uh, I, I just, I, I never once thought for a second that the Chiefs were not going to win that game. And it had nothing to do with the, I, I'm not saying there was a fix in or anything of that nature whatsoever. Um, I simply am saying that by now, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, uh, they just, they just, I, I, I felt like they were, it was almost like they were purposefully trying to keep it interesting, you know. Like, like I thought, I, there, you can't convince me that as the 49ers were dropping like flies, where you had one of their best defensive guys rupture his Achilles or tear his Achilles or whatever he did, running onto like, the field, celebrating after a big stop. Yeah, running onto the field. Like, you can't convince me that the the Chiefs couldn't have taken over that game at any point, and they just weren't. And 
I, I believe it was to keep people interested. <laughs> and uh, Well, you're and, not, that's a conspiracy theorist right there. Well, listen, I, I just, again, if we're talking about, you know, this dynasty that is sort of budding here with the Chiefs and, and with Patrick Mahomes, you know, they were even, they did this graphic during the game where they were like, they showed Tom Brady had 10 Super Bowl appearances and, and it was like a cartoon where Patrick Mahomes is like elbowing him out of the way or taking yeah, the baton or something because yeah. he's now got four Super Bowl appearances. Like, I just again, I, I felt I felt like it was going to be an accident if the Forty ers won last night. <laughs> they didn't. That's just, that's just how I feel. They didn't. Second uh, time ever in Super Bowl history, you go to OT. I loved it. Not everybody did. That's what makes life so beautiful. No yep. doubt this. The Tigers got revenge. They played a great first half. How about taking the best offense in the American by statistics? Mm-hmm. That's Tulane. And limiting them to 29 points and 27% shooting in the first half and dominating from the get-go. Having a 16 nothing run. I, uh, opening up, I think it was a 19-point lead at its zenith in the first half. It ended up being 25 with about 16 minutes to go in the game. But, I mean, it was, it was dominating. It was. it was. It was almost like the exact opposite of what happened at UAB, where UAB went into that game. They may even still be averaging roughly 77 points per game, and Memphis gave up 97 uh, to that UAB team. It was, it was kind of like... You know, if there was going to be a game where you felt like Memphis might have to just outscore the other team, it was going to be this one because Tulane, you know, they score points. Like, that's what Tulane does. That's the best thing they do. Um, it's kind of the only thing they've done this season is been able to score points. Um, but they came out, to me, like, it looked to me from the very beginning that their, that their gas tank was very close, if not right on, empty. Uh, it, it just, it, I don't know. That's just the impression that I got, which is weird because they had not, they had had an entire week off. Um, they, they had not played since the previous Sunday. Um, and so it was just, I don't know if it was just Mardi Gras hangover that, that the, uh, that Tulane had or what, but they, they looked tired to me. Maybe that was because they weren't expecting Memphis to come out and pressure them the way they did on defense. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't. I do want to give Memphis credit for uh, really ratcheting up the intensity on defense. It worked really well in the first half, not so much in the second half. Um, but the damage was already done at that point, and, and yeah, it, it it looked how you hoped it would look if you were a Memphis fan, given the circumstances. You need to start dominating teams, and that's exactly what they did. It's interesting. Somebody here mentioned to me this morning that the Tigers and they, you know, I hate to say it, but margin of victory domination is a part of all this mix for the net and everything else. It shouldn't matter to me if you get the W is what matters to me. But I, I understand the way it is, and and but 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 Memphis had a twenty-five point lead and they win by twelve. They had a twenty-three point lead in Philly and they win by what was it seven. Um, does this team, tough question because I, I, I'm not sure I know the answer, but does this team lack the killer instinct? They did show it against Virginia. They did show it in Wichita when they scored all those points in the second half, 63. But they've let their foot off the pedal several times in, in the last 10 games. You, you do see it more than you'd like to, I think. Um, I don't think they lack the killer instinct. I think it's in there somewhere. Um, I do, you know, you saw it against, you know, kind of a little bit against Texas A&M. Like they, they, they have played games where at the very least, maybe they don't show the quote unquote killer instinct, but they don't let their foot off the gas. Um, they play, you know, all the way through. You saw it against Texas A&M. You saw it against Virginia. Clemson was, was a tight game where they never, but you know, like they they played hard beginning to end, um, and and you know so if nothing else they are capable of going all out for a full forty minutes. It just doesn't, especially 
since they've gotten into conference play, you just don't really see it too much. Um, you know, they, they had a nice lead against Tulsa late in the first half. And then the second half, it gets kind of dicey, yeah. dicey a little bit. So I think it's, I do believe that it is in there somewhere. They just don't call on it enough. And, um, and you just, you know, I think we've seen it uh, a few times. Uh, South Florida comes to mind, leading by 20 in the second half, only to lose. Um, you know, it, it, it's come back and bitten them uh, a couple of times. They were up seven in the second half at Tulane, only to lose that game, too. Um, so you, you just hope that they have learned their lessons and that uh, that they are able to call on it when needed and uh, and avoid any more of those eggs like South Florida or Rice. No, no. no. Um, they've introduced Jonathan Pierre into the rotation. He's 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 played pretty good, to be honest with you. He was great in Philadelphia, and um, you know he got fed a couple of really good uh, opportunities. He got six points in this game uh, yesterday. And then there's Jordan Brown, who played the most minutes he's played since he came back to the team. He had almost 16 minutes, and Malcolm Dandridge had under seven minutes to go in the game. So now we're seeing a little bit of a different rotation, adding a couple of guys. Jalen Young, of course, is not playing because of injury. And Malcolm Dandridge had this rather cryptic Instagram with a picture of his knees and the quote, I'm out of the way. What do you make of all of that? The new players and the Instagram from Dandridge, who don't forget, had an unbelievable game against Tulane in New Orleans. Yeah, I saw that Instagram post, and uh, of course I haven't asked Malcolm what he meant by that, but um, it is rather curious, especially coming on the heels of him not playing in the last eight minutes of the Wichita State game where Memphis rallied from 14 down to beat the Shockers, and then he didn't play in the last four minutes, four-ish minutes of the uh, game up at Temple on Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, it could certainly, it could very certainly mean that he is dealing with something physical, um, and, and he's just sort of, I don't know, publicly lamenting uh, that, um, but it could also it could also mean that you know he's feeling a certain way about the way things have turned. I mean, because there for a while he was the guy, um, he he was the big that was. I mean, he was playing really, really well. He was playing the best basketball of his college career. Um, you know, eight blocks against Tulane. I think he had 19, 13 or 19 points. He might have had 19 points the game after Tulane, which would have been UAB. Yeah, I think he had 19 points in that game. So he, he, he was playing really, really well, and then all of a sudden he's not playing the last eight minutes of Wichita. He's not playing the last four minutes of Temple. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's... It's certainly something that uh, is a conversation piece. It's certainly something that we want to talk about, but uh, but I don't know exactly, you know what what's going on there um, with that. I asked Penny after the Temple game. I, I asked him, you know, like what what is the deal with with Malcolm not playing in the la- in, in, at the end of these games? And he basically kind of sh- swatted the question away and said, you know, it's just. It seems to work better for us to close games with our small, our smaller lineup, and maybe he's right. Maybe that's, maybe that is all it is, or maybe well, it's he, something else. He, uh, I, I was doing my pregame, and, and um, John Crispin, who's the ESPN announcer, along with our good buddy Pierre uh, 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 Perry Clark, mm-hmm. uh, the former Tulane coach, by the way, is just a wonderful guy, and and um, Penny was saying in league play. He thinks the answer in the American is playing small ball. Right. Uh, and, and, and so that, that might be a part of it. I, you know, I, I want to get to this question. For, first off, 
the the Tigers are now 75 in the net. They're playing North Texas at 78 and SNU at 43. So that's quad one and quad two opportunities to 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 help you move forward. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that Ron Hunter said that the way Memphis played in the first half, if they played that way all the time, they're by far the best team in the American. I think the American, because I think Charlotte's a pretty good team. USF beat Florida State by 16, mm-hmm. um, and, and they've played pretty darn well in, in, uh, in, in conference play. How good do you think the American really is? I think it's an underrated league. Uh, you know, Maybe that's a homer perspective, but I truly believe that. Yeah, I think to a degree. Uh, I don't think that's. I think you can make that argument for sure. Um, just because of Memphis and FAU and uh, uh, SMU has played well this year. Obviously, Charlotte and South Florida have have big, nice looking records. Um, you know, in, and even some of these other teams that that don't have the best record. Tulane is always tough at home. Uh, so, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I, I know it's late in the season and it's hard to discount what South Florida and Charlotte have done so far this season, but I'm not sold on either one of those teams being like, if, if the, if we're talking about, if we, if we were fielding the NCAA tournament right now, they're not even close to the field. Neither is SMU. Neither is North Texas. So that's kind of where I have, that's kind of where I'm at. It's a weird, I'm not saying these teams aren't good. I'm not saying they don't have great coaches, anything of that nature. I just don't think that what they've done to this point shows enough that they are legitimate, like, teams that could give, say Clemson, Texas A&M, Virginia, uh, Michigan, Arkansas, that they could, that they could really stand toe to toe with those teams like Memphis did, like FAU beat Arizona. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on the fact that South Florida has that. I know they beat Florida state. I understand that. And some of these other teams have some okay wins as well, but I just, I, I need to see it first before I can buy that UAB, that SMU, that South Florida, that Charlotte can can really be legit. You know what? I've watched Charlotte a couple of times. I think they're really a good team the way they play together. Mm-hmm. South Florida, to me, I, I know they got Miguel. He can score. Uh, Pryor is he hurt Memphis, and he's hurt a bunch of teams. He's the hot dog center. Right. Um, uh, who, who's not a bad player. And Youngblood's their leading stro- scorer at 15. I don't buy that team either. Memphis had them up 20 in the second half. They blew that game the same way they blew the Rice game. If they had won those two games at home, it would be a whole different story than what we see right now because instead of 7-4, and four, they'd be 9-2. and two. They'd be tied for second. Uh, actually, it, there'd be a, they'd be tied for first because South Florida would have a loss. So... Yeah. Um, crazy i yeah i know but they they it's have not. you know there's only three home games left and then they've got to win uh everyone but the florida atlantic and maybe the smu game and i still think they have a chance for an aq we'll do more of that discussion after this texas two-step uh this coming weekend and of course we'll talk to you next monday thank you again uh and i'll see you in denton yeah look forward to it me too thank you my friend okay that is Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. He is brought to you by the Eflin Insurance Team. You know Matt. Matt does insurance the collaborative way. He gets to know you and your family, and then he protects you with auto insurance, home insurance, the right life insurance for you. Once he knows your budget and what's important, he finds the perfect way to protect you. Same thing with commercial insurance. If you've got a small to mid-sized business, he'll learn about you. He'll learn your employees, your product. He'll forecast you out. He'll find out what your budget is, and then he finds the perfect commercial insurance. All you got to do is call 901-386-GUR. GUR's in there because they're big Tiger fans. That's 901-386-4777. Get protected the collaborative way. Get protected with the Eflin Insurance Team. Back in a minute, we'll... Check in on your favorite commercial, Zach Boyd, in this Super Bowl or two. 
That comes your way momentarily right here on Willow and Friends. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. My favorite commercial, hands down, Dunkin' Donuts. With Affleck and J-Lo, Matt Damon, Tom Brady. Wonder how much money they had to spend on that with those people. That's incredible, but it was funny as could be. That one, hands down, my favorite. I'd love the Beyonce one. That was Verizon. Part of it is you have to remember who the sponsor is, right? You got to put that. They're spending seven million dollars for thirty seconds, so you should remember the brand. The other one I kind of liked, I, I, I didn't see much of it, but it's an AI product by Microsoft. And I know there's a free app that you can use on it because we kind of looked it up, but that looks pretty darn intriguing. Those were the three that sort of came to my mind. Zach? Yeah. The the only commercial that I, I liked. Uh, oh, you only, Out of all the commercials, you only liked one? Yeah. I, and then on top of that, I wasn't kind of paying attention to, and I kind of hit and miss on the other ones. Uh, it's the it's the Christopher Walken talking like walking. the BMW one. It's Christopher Walken. Yeah, that was BMW. Yeah, so that that's that 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 was my that all was, those that was my favorite people one. making uh, trying to imitate him. Yeah, it was it was hilarious because 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 initially like like I remember I remember people doing the impression, but I was like, who is Christopher Walken? Like I never knew who he was. Oh, you never saw any of his movies. Back, I didn't. I didn't well, know. I didn't know. You want to see was. a classic? Go back to Deer Hunter. He was in that one too. That's that one with Meryl Streep. They were both young, Academy Award winning movie. Yeah, and so it was just. It was after a while. I kind of look him up. I was like, okay, this is Christopher Walken. Can I kind of recognize a couple of his movies yeah. or whatever? And I'm like, okay, cool. And then everybody just does the voice. So the. I thought the Volkswagen one was pretty good too, where it took you through the history of yeah, that was Volkswagen. Really good. That was almost like romantic. That was um, good. That was yeah. good. I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head. That Timo one, they did like the same one three times. I that didn't. That's like the. It it's an Amazon, but is it Chinese maybe or it's some other foreign entity? That's it's their Amazon, and they did like these animated things. I, I think they did three of them. Also, there was the. Uh, uh, the one Jeff Goldblum. It's it's a home placement thing, apartments.com. Apartments is that what it was? Yeah. See that I, I, it missed for me. I I like him, but I can't even remember the product. When that happens, that's not good. Yeah, I yeah, I I I like the one. I I like the original one, the original apartments.com, the one a few years ago when they used the 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 Jeffersons uh, moving on up to the east side. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, I liked that one. That was better than these. These these did 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 nothing for me. So here's why I like this Super Bowl. Just in closing, as we get set to hand this over to Johnny Radio, I like closeness. I like when every snap means something. First downs. Kansas City wins that slightly, 24-23. The rushing battle went to San Francisco, 130. But the Chiefs had 110. Of course, 66 of that came from Patrick Mahomes. Passing, that was San Francisco, 325 to 272. Punts, even, 5-5. Penalties, even, 66-6. Time of possession, 38 minutes, 31 seconds for the Chiefs, 36-26. All close. That's why it was so good. And for me, any time I get a sense of where I think history is being made and we're seeing something that we'll be talking about forever, we saw a guy who could end up being the greatest quarterback of all time in the heat of the battle, down 10 points, down 
needing a drive to tie the game at the end of regulation and getting three, and then falling behind in overtime by three and driving down and scoring uh, the winning touchdown with a pass to a guy that was acquired during the season. I mean, what, what a story that is. I mean, for me, that's what makes Super Bowl 58 incredibly memorable. The closeness, the importance of every snap, and the legacy growing of Patrick Mahomes. By the way, former Chief, I mean, not former Chief, but former Jet, Miko Harmon, he left the, he left the Chiefs this offseason, right. went to go sign with the Jets, right. and then the Jets let him go, and he scored the and he, touchdown. And he comes back and wins it. He was, wasn't he originally drafted, though, by the Chiefs? Yes. Yeah. That is a good story. I felt bad for um, the uh, the kid from Tennessee, um, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, because I think if San Francisco had won Jennings, the former Vol, he would have won the MVP, passing and a and a receiving touchdown. Yeah, for sure. Uh, trick play though, you know that's how they had a score against. Eh, it was it was just great. Anyway. Uh, that'll do it for us. Johnny Radio is coming right around the corner. This final portion of the show has been brought to you by the good folks at Grind City, taking care of Beerness in Memphis. I got some new stuff coming, by the way, that you're going to like. But I love talking about Grind City, the dream of a father and son that made it really happen down on the river just north of downtown. It's a beautiful brewery, great picnic grounds, and great product like Poppy's Pilsner. That's the pills. I love it. What the doctor ordered. There's the Godhopper, the Ale, the Amber Lager Thaddeus. If you like Blue Moon, the Belg, it's a Belgian style wheat ale. They've got the Tiger Tail. That's the craft malt liquor with an extra kick. It's outstanding. It's all a taste of Memphis. It comes from Grind City Brewing. They've been taking care of beerness in Memphis for years now. Johnny Radio's next. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.